Hello, and welcome to the Why We Still Believe podcast. I am your host, Michaela, and I'm so excited for you to be joining us today. Today is a special day. We have our very first guest here, Chantel. Chantel, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, we are so excited. Chantel is a 32-year-old single who works in health and wellness as a coach, helping individuals get back into a good, healthy lifestyle. She is a dancer and a choreographer specializing in hip-hop. She is a leader in her church over the young women, and best title of all is My Sister. (laughs) So I'm so excited for her to be here. So I know I kind of gave an introduction a bit about you, but tell us more about you and your kind of life story. Okay, so yes, first off, we are sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the oldest in my family. Um, I hope this isn't giving like too much away already, but like I'm, there's four kids in our family. I'm the oldest, two girls and the boy. I'll leave it at that. So, um, we've lived in Utah for 26, 27 years. Uh, much of my growing up life was as a dancer. I started doing that at the age of 10 and have just allowed it to be in my life for so long. I play the role as more of a teacher now. During that journey, I... I fell in love more with the human body Um, as a dancer. I don't know how you couldn't appreciate the vessel that allows you to create. So I ultimately ended up majoring in exercise and wellness, getting my personal training certification. And I've been working in the health and wellness industry uh, for almost eight years. And I, I truly do love it. I, I probably couldn't efficiently explain the appreciation I have for our, our bodies and the gift from God that I truly believe that they are. And so I'm very grateful to work in this industry and to have helped or at least try to help the people that have crossed my path and hope that I can continue to learn as much as I can to help as many people as I can forever long I am able. Right. No, and that is so awesome. I know even within our own family how much she's blessed us with her knowledge and individually helping us when we seek it out. Sometimes uh, it's like sometimes it's probably annoying. Yes. When you get that family relationship, sometimes it can be hard, <laughs> but um we it is very helpful to have that. Um, I did want to ask earlier, I had mentioned that you are 32 and single. With that, what has been maybe one of the hardest parts for you in that situation? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I hope I don't live and die by like my age and like that I'm still single. (laughs) So um, I guess like if we're talking about like in a religious setting and being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there is a lot of emphasis, not only, I mean, placed, yes, in gospel principles, but also in the culture that um, you are usually married before my age. Like, that's just typically what has happened, and you have a family uh, started, or you're pretty entrenched in it by the time you're in your early 30s. Um, I would say, you know, looking at my friend dynamics, I, I am the single one. I'm the single friend. I know my friends that love me the most would not describe me in that way and just, you know, put that as my only descriptor. (laughs) And so I guess in a church setting that family is highly valued, which I can and at any moment could bear testimony on the value of family and why I think it is important that this religion focuses on it so much. You can though get caught in the crosshairs of it. 
and kind of internalize it to a point where you may have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, which in my most um, weakest of times or when I'm not perhaps feeling like my best self, like sometimes that all I see myself as, as a member of the church who is still single and doesn't have any children and it can get a little, I don't know what the best word to describe this would be, but when you're, you know, constantly told or taught that the the greatest thing you will ever do is is be a mother and that's where you find your greatest purpose and joy, you are kind of left to wondering, well, am I going about my everyday life having no purpose and no joy or just a very small portion of it to where I haven't experienced that and nor am I allowed to experience such things like those are questions I've been asking myself of well I might be happy or maybe even joyful in some moments but then you get those awful voices in your head they're like but wait this isn't it this is not the highest level you could reach therefore you go back into like the darker spaces of yourself mm-hmm. feeling like oh 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 right like I couldn't possibly be happy with the things that I may be doing in my life that are, are quite fulfilling so right does that explain yes i'm sure i could go on and on but no but i think that does help and i also wanted to ask the flip side of that though Mm -hmm. like what is the hardest part but also what have you seen from being in the position that you are in that you're like still single like what are the good things you've been able to experience from this as well yeah and i'm really grateful that i've taken some moments to think about this and also have friends that are single and we've talked about this i look at my younger self who I thought I was in my earlier 20s and thinking that I would be married, you know, before 25 and who she was then mm-hmm. is is not fully who I am now. I wouldn't say I've done, you know, I'm a completely different person, but I'm a maybe better. If anything, I just know myself and you I have developed yourself more. Right. And I don't want to, though, all of a sudden give this hugely biased opinion. I mean, I have a little bit of bias because this is the only outcome I've been able to play in my life. Right. Like I can't, you know, choose your, you choose your own adventure, but I can't, okay, I've seen what it's like to be single for this long. Could I like, what if I could go back and see what would my life be like if I got married sooner? Like that is not a possibility. So of course I have sure. a little bit of bias, but I don't want to discredit anyone who's like, so wait, are you about to jump into this whole, like you, because you were single longer, you had this greater time of self-discovery. And therefore, if I did get married in my early or like 20s at all that I don't know myself, no. It, mm-hmm. it does come down to paths. And I, I think God trying to show us in whatever circumstances that he feels is best to help us learn and grow. So this is my situation. I'm single in my early 30s. So like, yes, I've had to do a lot of self-discovery as me, myself as a person. Mm-hmm. And I am very grateful for having being able to finish college, like in about a five year time span, just one and done. Mm -hmm. During that time, I was able to go on a study abroad. And that where did you go to for that? I I went to China and I went with the dance department at BYU. That was the first time I left the North American continent Mm -hmm. and saw a completely different world. And from there, I've been able to travel a little bit more. For for the fun of it, where are the other places you've traveled (laughs) to? Oh my gosh, you make make me feel like I get to brag on myself for a little bit, which like I don't love doing. So like I wouldn't blame anybody if they fast forwarded through this part. But um, I've been to Peru. I was able to go on a four day adventure with one of my best friends. We hiked through the Andy Mountains to get to 
Machu Picchu and it truly has been my greatest like outdoor adventure mm -hmm. and I to this day just like wow you did that not not that I wasn't like capable but I didn't have any huge desire or, or thought I would ever do that but because my friend wanted to go and she presented the opportunity I was down for it and then two years ago I went to Spain I had actually wanted to go to that mm -hmm. place for a while I actually met some friends while in my hiking group to Machu Picchu that I was able to see while out there. So like, and what are the chances of that? Like meeting these, these two men from Spain and you know, will I ever get out there? Well, it was two years after the Machu Picchu trip that I was able to get out to Spain and spend some time there. Which I think was cool because they're not members of your religion, right? No. And, but were they Christian believers? No, one of them I know is, is an atheist and one just had the belief of being a good person. And both of these men are good people. Absolutely. And whether some type of higher power, no higher power at all, they were so kind. And we obviously had more in common, which is like, these are things you find out about people when you let them in. And you don't just try to match up with, okay, you match my religion or you match mm -hmm. my like profession or my interest. So anyway, but I actually gave them each a copy of the Book of Mormon and like could detail that story a little bit more. I mean, that's really like the only time I've done that. But I mean, that wasn't the sole purpose of the trip, but it was something I told myself I wanted to do. And I still keep in contact with them. Who knows, like if I find myself back in Spain, which actually is a place I would go back to again, I'm I'm at this point in like the travels I want to do. I'm not ready to like do any repeats. Right. Like there's so much world to see, but like with Spain, I would go back sure. like t tomorrow, basically. <laughs> so anyway, so travel became a part of my life. I'm so grateful that what I studied in college became my profession and I... I do feel like my profession brings me meaning. And if I didn't have that, then with what I already struggle with having a purpose, I would struggle with more. If I didn't have the career that I have or be able to now be a dance teacher and be on that flip side, I've been able to learn a lot of other things that deal with like the human body, not only in working out, but just I like seeing the potential and the limits of my body. Mm -hmm. So I, I obviously have a lot of time to maybe go out and do and learn things um, that maybe I otherwise wouldn't do married. But again, like, I feel like in any situation, there's going to be a lot of learning and growth. So like, yes, I've had to spend a lot of time with myself. And right. like, she cool, but I <laughs> sometimes I'm like, man, isn't there somebody else I could just like marvel at? I mean, not that every day I'm like, well, oh, man, you are something special. Like I'm I think like a lot of people are just like, look, you're just a person. <laughs> you're not cool or whatever. So I definitely have a different perspective, but <laughs> that's all right. Okay. Kind of steering directions just a little yeah. bit. Since I'm your sister, I kind of know a lot that go on with your life. Uh, things that I know you've auditioned for things, different jobs you've gone for that may have not played out in what you have desired. Like you would want to have that role in the dance performance or a certain job that you want, but it may not have always come to you. How are ways that you have been able to get through that and not get so disheartened and be able to continue on and like work with those? I know maybe with anything in life, like we don't need to pretend that we're not going to be disappointed. Like if, if we just, I mean, I would love to live a life like, yeah, sure. Free of like any negative emotion, right. but like that's not going to happen, nor is it probably healthy. So like, I mean, dance wise, I've auditioned for many, many things and have probably made two major auditions in my life. But I still kept going to things that interest me enough because 
I have a problem leaving what ifs on the table. Would you say that's like what keeps you to try for the next one instead of like, oh, I've never gotten it. I don't ever want to try again. Yeah, I think I somewhere innately that resides within me, which part of me is is grateful for that because it builds up some resiliency and being re- relentless. However, sometimes I do feel like I can break my own heart. I mean, life's disappointments come. I do ask myself sometimes, like, is it worth it to go through this, whether it be like to apply for this job or to audition for something dance related when the answer could be no, or even like potential relationships I want to pursue. Like, you know, this guy could reject you like many before, but I think I just rather know and then maybe work through the disappointment. And somehow maybe again, there's something within me that like with giving enough time and sometimes things take more time than others to come around to let go of that you let time do its healing thing and i think still though being active in my life and not completely removing myself of like well i'm so disappointed and sad like i just need to to shut down and i'm not here to also give advice on like the best coping skills like that is not my realm of expertise or anything but i'm grateful that I've had, I guess, enough things in my life that also involve people that I need to show up for, that it's like, okay, you need to keep going. And so like the disappointment of past things may fade, but I I also just feel so much like an opportunist. Mm -hmm. Like if if that's even a word, I'm going to say it like it is because I really (laughs) identify with this of like, I understand there's always a chance that the answer may be no, but if I don't try or ask, like the answer will be no. So Mm -hmm. there's always this yes, like hovering around that I'm like, I guess it's worth it. And my life will, if so, if I don't get this job, don't make some dancing or whatever, don't date this guy, like my life won't change. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll just go back to where I was, which sometimes that doesn't always like feel great. Usually with relationships, I think it feels that way of like, well, I didn't want to go back to where I was. But again, having, being prepared for an opportunity that comes and going for it just sits better with me than like, well, I don't ever want to experience disappointment or rejection. So I just rather not do these things unless they're for sure. Yeah, no, that like, uh, that's such an interesting perspective to the hover of yes. Mm -hmm. Like if we were to look at life almost that way, how many things would we actually go through? Just like, there is no set no. There's only a set no if I don't put myself in that situation, which could potentially be a yes. That is mm-hmm. such an interesting thought to me. I've never thought of that, but it's kind of fun to think of like, oh, there's a yes right here that could possibly like really be the direction I even want. And so, wow, that's so interesting. I also wanted to quickly touch on, as I had mentioned, you're a church leader over the young women in your ward. And I know for us growing up, a lot of our leaders were married and had their own families and everything with you being single what benefits do you think can come from this or even within the struggles or the fears that you face for being in this position like oh i'm i'm have to do it myself almost because it's like oh i'm single and we just sometimes don't always see that as much with people in this position yeah so i guess i just want to be more clear for those that like understand the the leadership and the well just basically the leadership and the callings you can receive within the church of jesus christ of latter-day saint to not take them again to not brag on myself because i actually have I'm still coming around to saying these words of like what I've been called to. So I am the young women's president in my church ward. I was called at the beginning of September. So this is all very new. And and I'll, I'll be completely honest, like since being extended that call, I've woken up every day since then. And the thought at least once or more than once has gone through my head of you're the young women's president. This is a mistake. Or like, how, how can this be? Like people like you don't usually hold callings like this. Like, 
I mean, if I'm just going to be vulnerable for like two seconds, like, yes, I'm single, but I didn't serve a mission, which like that still is given the option for women. So like that may, may be neither here nor there, but like, I'm also not endowed yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to work on that, like myself of when I feel like the appropriate time is. And so I just feel like there's more stack against me to be in this position that I'm just, again, I just think like, how, like, how is this a good idea? And like, why does Heavenly Father at this time feel like I need to be in this position? And so I will say that there is a different perspective that I want to bring. I have young women leaders that I am still in contact with and that have been good mentors in my life. But of course, when I was under their tutelage, they were married and, and had kids. And so that was the example I was living up to, assuming that I would just fall into a normal pattern that I see normal people mm -hmm. or most most people go through. I feel like I'm living and this is something I have. I'm still you know coming to terms with every day that I am not maybe living what a norm is. Mm -hmm. And so it's giving me opportunity to have things be looked at a different perspective. And I want to share those. And I hope that I can have the opportunity to say those things of look like here's an I'm a living example that things may go a little bit different and here's what I'm doing to st to stay on the path that leads back to Christ and I'm I'm still trying to come up with all of the words because that sounds you know hopeful and is full of testimony but like I mean currently like you would still hear a lot of like hurt and fear like mm -hmm. through it and and I also don't ever want it to sound like I'm getting on a pedestal and and acting like I didn't get what's supposed to be mine. Like, I, I mean, those are real human feelings that I feel like feeling forgotten or feeling like God doesn't love you as much as he loves other people. And that's why they're getting everything that you also want. Like, those are real things that I've had to deal with. And if there's any like young women, young woman, <laughs> English, uh, <laughs> that I work with that feels that way. Like I want to be there in their corner and maybe try and help them because I've, I've had to work through those things. Mm -hmm. And because of like this situation and things that I kind of went through like two years ago, allowed me to have the space to have a crisis of uncertainty or even a, a faith crisis, if you want to call it something I thought I would never go through because growing up, I just accepted things. I was like, yeah, okay, be obedient. Like this whole like church gospel God thing sounds really good. So like, okay, but you know, went through some things a couple years back that I'm like, wait a minute, hold the phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know or feel or my relationship with God is not what I thought because shouldn't A, B and C have happened? And like, why am I going through this anyway? Like, I don't know if it's appropriate to share like all of those details or experiences right now for the purpose of this, but I just hope again, I can maybe bring a different perspective and maybe prepare any other youth. So they're maybe not as like shocked and, and straight up scared mm -hmm. like I have been. No, I, this is what I think has been so cool. And again, I'm an outside of perspective and your younger sister who just thinks the world of you. But what I think is so awesome in this position is it's a different perspective for the young women to be able to see someone like, wow, life hasn't played out maybe exactly how you had thought it would or have hoped it would, but yet your love for God is what keeps you going, like you, what you hold on to. And I just find it so interesting that you or our other sister 
is also in the young women's and I have a friend who's in the young women's all single ladies and I love it that they're able to be this example of hey watch me as I grow myself through for you it'll be like they can watch you through your testimony or if, if receiving your endowments during this time like that is going to be such an awesome example for them to be able to witness kind of to wrap things up with everything we've talked about, maybe the hardships of being single, the life not playing out how you wanted, or going for things and maybe not always receiving those opportunities that you have sought out, why do you still believe in a God? What is it that draws you back and and knows when it's could so easily you could say, well, none of my things have been answered, and not saying none of them, but why isn't this getting answered and like you had mentioned, you had a, a two years ago, kind of your own little thing you went through. What brought you back or continued on with the knowledge of there being a loving God there? Can I use like a little story or example? Absolutely. To like illustrate this? Yes. Um, bottom line, I will say that there is meaning in doing the small things or those things that we learn to keep us consistent with the relationship with God, with daily prayer, scripture study, going to church, the temple. I I didn't stop doing those things when I was in a time of like uncertainty uh, for myself. So like I just, I felt like, I mean, I knew the choice was always mine. Like you could stop and see like what your life is like. Like if you just can't handle right now, like trying to keep God in your life because you're just not seeing eye to eye with him. Like that was always an option of how to go about doing things. But I guess I had made the choice. Like I can't say like, what day and time was that? Like, it was just every day I was like, well, I guess I'd rather still do this with God in my life mm -hmm. and see what happens. And I will be honest and say, like, I didn't always feel peaceful. I wasn't always getting everything out of my prayers or any anything out of my prayers or like scriptures or sometimes going to the temple was just showing up and being like, please just notice that I'm doing this. But I will say quickly, um, I had the thought or feeling at the beginning of 2018 that I should go to Institute and I'm, I've been an on and off participant of Institute and I, in my like dumb little mind, I'm like, okay, well, like, I feel like I should be going, but like, why? I mean, not that I know I couldn't benefit, but truly my reasoning was like, if this isn't one of the promptings of trying to get me somewhere where I will meet my husband, then like, what is the point of going? Right. Like, because I just still was in truly a really like juvenile, maybe bratty state of like, ah, look, like I've been patient long enough. Anyway, I ultimately decided to go and I went to a class that a friend of mine was teaching and it was Old Testament and he is a, a scriptorian and knows so much about the gospel and is a marvelous teacher. So if anything, weekly, I was going to be fed basically from the scriptures and also his talent. But we we were in Jeremiah and he was explaining, and I'm not going to do it justice, but from what I remember, Jeremiah, this prophet, not a bullfrog. I know a lot of you probably <laughs> thought that. Just, I hear you. I see you. So Jeremiah, the prophet, he went through a lot. I mean, we're talking like uh, prophets go through a lot of things. So it's like, hello, this isn't new. Like every prophet went through really bad things in the name of the Lord. But he he just stood out to me like he was being like thrown in the stocks. And also at one time he was thrown in a barrel that was in the ground, which I mm. don't like things like that. All because he was preaching about God and trying to bring people to him. Right. So 
There's this scripture in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, and I like this because here's how I interpret it. So don't come after me if this is wrong, but this is how I feel. I feel like there's, maybe I'll start with verse 8, because I feel like you get a human moment. This man is a prophet, but he is still a human. So in verse 8 of chapter 20, he's saying, explaining like, okay, I have been out there preaching to these people and they're not listening to me. Is the frustration I imagine he's having. So he's saying like, for since I spake, I cried out, uh, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Basically, he's out there go doing a good thing, but he's getting all of this like negative stuff back at him, which would probably be in our minds like, how is this happening? Like I'm preaching the word of God, but like people hate me. So you as a human, like, what are you going to do? We gonna, You going to stick with that? Like, I wouldn't want to. I'd want yeah. to be like, tap out. I'm done. Right. But verse nine is where this really hit me. So he's still like throwing maybe like a mini human tantrum. God bless him. He, he goes on to say, then I said, I will not make a mention of him nor speak any more in his name. To me, this is saying like, look, I want to be done. God, I can't do this anymore. So I'm not going to be a prophet anymore. And then here's where it hits home for me. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. I want to explain stay here doesn't mean like at first I can understand if you think it's saying like, yeah, this is him leaving. Like I could not stay. I can't stay being a prophet. I can't keep doing this. But if you look at the footnote, which is on there, this is what stay actually means. Because you get some scriptures that pop up. One of them being in Acts that say, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In Ether, there's a scripture that says, and Ether was a prophet of the Lord. Wherefore, Ether came forth in days of Coriantum and began to prophesy unto the people, for he could not be restrained because of the spirit of the Lord which was in him. So stay in this circumstance means he could not stop testifying of the Lord. He could not be restrained. His word, his testimony was in his heart as a burning fire. And that's how I felt. I'm not on best terms with God right now. I have a lot of questions and I'm worried he's like going to abandon me. But I somewhere, if I search enough, I know. Like I just, I know. And I have this testimony of him and Jesus Christ. And so I'm like, okay, this is why I will stay. And this is why I still believe. Thank you. <laughs> I am going to cry, but this is why... I'm so lucky to have you as a sister and your Please. example of being the oldest. And that's this is why I'm so grateful that you are coming on and being the first guest on here. So uh. thank you so much for your testimony and your love of God and being willing to share it with us and the struggles that you've been through. Thank you for letting me share. Absolutely. Absolutely.